Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Mike and Amit Talk Tech. Today, we are going to try and understand what exactly is going on with the metaverse. So all of you have obviously heard of this term. This is something that has been going around for a while now. Companies have apparently entirely shifted their strategies and in some cases changed their names to kind of match up with this new concept. And I'm so glad that we are here to talk about it. So Mike, let's get started with this. Of course, please, can you clarify for me? I'm really confused about this. Is Metaverse a concept? Is Metaverse a technology? Is Metaverse a Metaverse or is it the Metaverse? What are we talking about here exactly? A lot of buzz. I mean, there are a lot of buzzy words around at the moment, and this is maybe the buzziest of them all. What is a metaverse? I think is a question that's often asked and often answered, but answered in very, very different ways. So it's kind of confusing what it is. There are many definitions out there, and it's extremely confusing for people who just want a simple explanation. So here's mine. Here's mine. So I'm going to give what I think is a metaverse in the simplest way possible. For me, a metaverse is a technology platform that combines two things, immersion and participation. All right. So it's an immersive platform. It's kind of all around you, but you also participate in it. So let, let me give you some examples, right? What it is and what it isn't. So a 3D movie is a good example of something that's immersive, right? I mean, you put in the goggles, you go there, you feel like you're in the action, right? But you're not participating. No. You're just a passive viewer. So for me, this is not a metaverse. Right. You're not creating anything in a 3D movie. You're passively just receiving. You're just passively receiving, right? So so it's immersive but not participative. On the other side, like a website, even a really, really nice website, you can participate in it. You can fill in forms and you can click things and, and whatever, but it's not particularly immersive. So right. I don't think that's a metaverse either. You know, it doesn't have those two characteristics. But if we look at things like online games, so any of you out there who play these massive multiplayer online games, League of Legends, Grand Theft Auto, or even the ones for younger people like Roblox and you know Fortnite, Minecraft, you could even say, I, I think these have both characteristics. They're immersive, it's kind of all around you. You play these games, you feel like you're there and you can participate. Metaverse is sort of answer your other questions. It's not there's just one metaverse. You know, there's only, there's only one of one thing, and that's the physical world. There is one of those, right? But outside of that, there's many, and including many, many metaverses. So, so here's my thought, right? I mean, that sounds eerily similar to what we were doing in Web 2.0, which is co-creating on websites. However, with an interactive layer or, or an immersive layer added on top of that. So then this begs the question, right? Does the metaverse have to be in 3D? I mean, could I have the metaverse in just 2D? Do I have to have these funky, dorky VR glasses and goggles and God knows what else on my head to do this or, or what? Another big question, right? Debated endlessly in the tech community. And there are some strong opinions there. If, if you ask Meta, right, they will say, yes, metaverse has to have virtual reality or extended reality or augmented reality or something like this. You need, you need some kind of a 3D immersive experience around it. I don't think so. I, I really don't. I think that having the 3D experience, the goggles, it could make the experience more more immersive, right, for, for sure. But I think we can get pretty immersive in 2D. So it's a, it's a barrier that I think is an artificial barrier that we don't need to cross to kind of have these immersive and participative virtual worlds. And also, Amit, I just don't think the tech's ready. I mean, I play with these goggles 
I'm sure lots of the listeners do too. You know, you really don't want to wear those things for more than about 20 minutes. No. So the, the tech's got to come a long way before you have a practical, long-term solution to 3D. And I think when you're talking about tech, right, there's, there's other aspects. I mean, at some point of time, you're running into basic physics because what you're essentially trying to do is in a relatively small amount of space, you're trying to combine incredible amount of processing power in order to give the kinds of seamless and non-headache causing visual effects that we all desire, along with a reasonable battery life, right? No one's going to accept that for 15 minutes of battery life. It just is not practical. And at that point, and you're trying to do all of that in something that's hopefully wearable one day on the street, and this just now seems just like an incredibly hard physics problem. A physics problem and an economic problem. I mean, if you want the state of the art, which is, I guess you could say it's the meta next generation sort of quest Oculus thing, high end is $1,500. Yes. And that's just out of the range of, of most people for something that's not particularly comfortable and still not particularly great. And this is a great segue because obviously Meta itself is one example of a company that has gone all in on this, right down to changing its name to match with this. So there's a couple of things that come to my mind, right? So first of all, do they plan to own the metaverse? Is there just going to be like one metaverse or is it going to be more like the internet where, where you know, you can have your own piece, but there's, there's going to be essentially infinite versions of the internet, if you like, right? Or at least several versions of the internet. I, I think there'll be several several metaverses out there, but the you know when you when you look at what Meta's done, it's it's pretty clear why they're doing it, and it's an economic reason. The business model of Meta, you know, the erstwhile Facebook, is ads. We all know that they sell ads, and it's not just you know they get you know the majority of their revenue from ads. It's approaching hundred percent of the revenues through advertising. Yep. So that is, makes them extremely vulnerable. You do want to have that high percentage of your revenue coming from just one source. You know, for Alphabet, it's high too, but not as high. And so does Amazon and many of the others. But, you know, Meta's stuck there with its very, very high. So for them, they want to try and diversify that revenue source. So you could imagine if they have a very, very popular metaverse, then they could look at other forms of revenue generation, entrance fees, subscription fees. They could make commissions on any sales that happen. They could sell things and then get revenue from those things, you know, virtual goods or whatever, as well as ads. So their ability to generate revenue from a larger, wider portfolio of sources increases if they can nail this metaverse concept. Doesn't look good so far though. And it, to me, Mike, here's the real irony, right? I mean, I don't think they have cracked the concepts of trust, data protection in the, in the regular 2D world. And now they want us to trust them but immersing ourselves in something they're going to create, right? I mean, it does seem to me exactly like you said, it does seem to me uh, like a diversification play. It seems to me almost like a new OS kind of a play, right? And it's like Zuckerberg has bet that this metaverse thing that he's creating might become the next Windows operating system or the next Android operating system or iOS or whatever that is, and everybody will run off of that platform. But at least as of now, that seems to be a relatively misplaced kind of a bet, which raises the question, right? I mean, forget, I mean, if you're not meta, I mean, if you're a normal company, I mean, if you're Procter & Gamble, if you're Bayer, if you're Novo Nordisk, do you need a metaverse strategy? Because I'm hearing a lot of CMOs talking out there saying, hey, you know what? We really need to come up with our own metaverse strategy. And I totally don't get that. What's, what's, what do you think about that? 
Yeah, I get that question quite a lot too. For me, the answer is a resounding no. No, you don't. It's a classic mistake, right? Technology-driven strategy. For sure, they can have a customer engagement strategy. They can have a new revenue generation strategy or whatever. And as a part of the response to that strategy, they may decide to build immersive and participatory online environments, right? But they shouldn't suppose that that's going to be to create a metaverse. So so it's, it's the typical tail wagging the digital dog technology first. Bad idea. By the way, I think it's the same thing with AI strategy, blockchain strategy, or even digital strategy. Doesn't make a lot of sense, right? You want to have a strategy, which is your organizational strategy, do something. And then there's all kinds of ways to make that happen. One of which is going to be a digital tool, but it certainly is not going to be the only one. And you don't want to restrict yourself to one set of technologies focusing on the wrong thing. And it's incredible, right? Mike, you and I, we, we are lucky enough. We work with a lot of organizations set to, uh, full of very smart people, but it's incredible how often people miss the, the woods for the trees, right? I mean, they, they fall in love with the new shiny thing that's out there without realizing that at the end of the day, it's all about serving your customers and being customer centric. To my mind, the metaverse, the real question people should be asking themselves is if something like this, if something as immersive as this does become reality, what other kinds of data can I possibly get on consumers with obviously with their with their complete trust and understanding? How can I use that to make their lives better? How can I use that data? How can I use those services to serve them better? That's how I would look at it. You know, maybe it's in the form of smells, maybe it's in the form of other, you know, touch and feel kinds of technologies, but it's definitely not in terms of coming up with a completely new strategy for a technology which may or may not even see light of the day. So it's uh it's a really, really strange way of, of looking at things that a lot of these companies are working on. But it happens, right? We see it all the time. The next big shiny thing, you know, let's build a strategy around that. But one of the questions and maybe, you know, get your thoughts on this about metaverses to me is, is whether it's fundamentally disruptive. Is this, a, is this a disruptive concept or is it kind of what we're doing already, but just cooler? Or is it this fundamentally disruptive? What do you think? I don't see it as disruptive, quite honestly. Honestly, at this point in time, I see the metaverse as yet another media outlet, right? We graduated from radios to television to satellite television. And then, of course, we had you know, the internet and then we have social media. I see this as yet another mode of communication, mode of interacting with the consumer, getting data on the consumer and reaching the consumer, right? I don't see anything tremendously disruptive about it. It's going to get added eventually to people's marketing mix. It's eventually going to get added to people's spending mix saying, hey, you know, we need to have an X percentage devoted to doing something in a completely immersive kind of an environment. I'm not even going to call it the metaverse, right? It's like you said, something in an immersive environment, but that's obviously not going to be 99% of my budget. For most organizations, it's going to be a fraction of my budget with the rest of it neatly spread across the other media. And like we know about other media, it's going to work synergistically with all the other media. So what you do on radio is going to have an impact on the immersive experience that people have and the brand that you're building and things like that. That's how I see this, right? I mean, it's a cool technology, interesting technology. I don't see this as fundamentally disruptive. I tend to agree. The promise of a metaverse is, is that you can go into this virtual world where you can interact, you can socialize, you can communicate, you can play, you can be entertained, you can browse, you can buy things, you can sell things, you can work, have meetings and so forth. 
But the truth is we can do all those things today. We can do all those things today, but we just have to launch them in different applications, right? So you have, you know, your social media applications, you have Zoom and Teams and you have email and you have games. I mean, and the truth is it works pretty well, you know? Yeah, it's not all in one place. And maybe that could be helpful to have it all in one place. Although then you're really trusting a, a lot, one organization. I'm not sure people are ready to do that. So I'm not sure, honestly, what problem metaverses are really solving that we have today. They seem to be taking a bunch of stuff they're already doing, you know, making it cooler yeah. and putting it in one place. But is that enough to really be a fundamental disruption? We already have a kind of sort of example that captures that. And it's been great, but it's not been disruptive. And what I'm thinking about is, think about the games that you and I might play on our cell phones, which are very, very basic, I mean, relatively speaking, are very simple, versus the games you can play on a PlayStation or an Xbox, right? Which are incredibly high-end, immersive. They might fit in already today your definition of the metaverse, right? Because uh, a lot of those games have co-creation in them. A lot of them are interactive, but obviously they're completely immersive. Let's look at the install base, right? The install base of consoles today, and consoles have been around for what, 30, 40 years now? The install base of consoles around the world is about 100 to 150 million consoles, mm -hmm. okay? What is the install base of cell phones? What is the install base of smartphones? We're talking what, 2 billion, 3 billion easily? Okay, so it's it's not even close, which begs the question, at the end of the day, is this a niche version of already a niche strategy? And that's what it seems to me like, right? I mean, there's a small group of people who might be totally into this, but a vast majority of us, this seems a little far-fetched. But let me ask you a different question, right? I mean, do you think more of us will be spending at least some of our time on the metaverse going for 10 years from now, right? 10 years from now, do you think you and I, and, and somebody like me, who's who's never really been a big gamer or never really a console person, do you think I'll be spending at least some time on, quote-unquote, the metaverse? I do, yeah. If you think of it, you know, will he be spending more time on a platform that's both immersive and participatory? I suspect the answer is, is yes. Now, a lot of that time will be the same time for other things today online, so it's just kind of a substitution effect. Kind of a lot depends on how great the technology is going to be, you know, if, if really virtual reality gets to the point where we can use these devices easily and they're, and they're cheap and they're seamless. But I suspect the answer is yes, because the capabilities are very, very high. But, you know, at some point we get to the human limit, you know, the pandemic taught us that we do not want to be spending hours and hours a day on online meetings. Very and online interactions. There, there's a point at which, you know, we just get tired of it. It doesn't matter how great and cool and immersive the technology is, you know, we just crave going for a walk or sitting down and having a coffee with somebody. So I don't see, you know, the the Wally kind of world where we're just, you know, sitting in easy chairs, slurping smoothies, you know, wired into our directly into our brains, some kind of metaverse type world. I don't think so. I think the pandemic has taught us very, very clearly that yeah, some time is fine. And the more interactive and fun that time is the better. But it, it's going to top out and, and it's, it's, it's not, probably not going to go because we're human beings. It's not going to go as high as, you know, 8, 10, 12 hours a day. I tend to agree, right? I, like I said before, I, I see this as an interesting niche strategy to reach a certain niche of consumers. And even in the future, maybe, maybe I'll be spending a little bit of time on there, but perhaps not unless 
the technology really, really blows me away. I mean, unless, I mean, if you tell me, Mike, that you're going to put the complete metaverse experience, including augmented reality, with a 24-hour battery life in my glasses, then we're talking about something. But I don't think we are anywhere close to this. Technologically, in an engineering sense, even from a basic physics sense, and economically, like you said, I don't think we're anywhere close to this today. Right. So I think metaverse is very much on the buzzy side, the overhyped side. I mean, it's, it's, it's not true with everything, but I think I think when it comes to metaverse, when Facebook changed its name, I think it was in 2021 that, that it did that, it created a lot of hype and people were really excited by this, but we haven't seen it take off to the extent that many people expected. And I'm not sure that it will. I think this is a good example of if an overhyped technology where the, the science is not caught up and the business model and the value proposition is just not clear enough that this is going to be a credible disruption in the next, you know, five to seven years. Thanks for listening to Mike and Amit Talk Tech. My name is Amit Joshi. I'm professor of AI analytics and marketing strategy at IMD. And if you haven't already done so, please remember to subscribe to this show wherever it is you listen to your favorite podcasts. And to learn more about IMD's management courses, please visit imd.org.